0: Disciples, welcome. I'm Spud and this is the Adorable Boy Podcast. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on our weekly foray into politics, comedy, whatever you want to do. We will guide you through it. We are podcasters extraordinaire. We are live, local, and we are honest. And that's what matters. That's what sets us apart from all those other podcasts who are here. So welcome. We're going to have a great time. It's me, Spud, the Adorable Boy. Frank and Beans is in the booth over there in the Adorable Boy studio, high atop the Adorable Boy tower. And Frank and Beans, I actually want to start off this week uh, with just talking about something with you and all the Adorable Boy disciples. Actually, we have a whole crowd out on the bleachers outside of the Adorable Boy uh, studio. Is that mic on? Can you get the mic on out there, Frank and Beans? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate you coming out. Maybe we'll get you involved a little bit here. Um, Anyway, Frankenbeans. You know, I think a lot about the show. That's what I do. That's how I roll. And I was thinking, you know, we're at a great level. You know, millions and millions of listeners every week. Fans up the wazoo, even though we're being shadow banned on social media. And I was thinking, what do we need to get to the next level? And then I started thinking about the, the great radio shows, our contemporaries of years gone by. You had Howard Stern, who... You know, my current opinion on how it's isn't too favorable. If you're an adorable boy, disciple But, you know, you can't you can't deny he's a legend um, and a contemporary of ours. You have Opie and Anthony, you have Ron and Fez, you have, you know, I mean, then you have crappy radio. That was still kind of successful. Man Cow, Bubba the Love Sponge. Um, I never listened to any of that garbage. Tom Lycus, all those guys. But they all had a, a boss to not only, you know, play off on air, but also to guide them behind the scenes. Howard Stern had Tom Chiasano for years. He was, also worked with Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez. Um, you had Tim Savian, Steve Cross, uh, no, um, Rob Cross, Steve Blatter, Dandy Don Wickland, Eric Logan, all these people who all these legendary shows went to not for only for on-air content but for guidance and i think maybe that's what we need and i know franken beans Frank and beans is looking at me with the puppy dog eyes through the through the glass here um, i know that's scary to you but it's okay because you know we own this we're just going to hire maybe a program director to help us help us move help us you know get organized like i mean how many weeks has it been that i didn't have the sound effect templates so I couldn't have any sound effects. I have that today. That's good, but it shouldn't have taken that long. You know, I, I want to go out to the crowd out there and the mic's not on. It's just these kind of things. I think that a, a, a program director would help us, you know, he'd eliminate these things. So then you can think of other things. I can think of other things and the show gets better. So we're not making any decision now. Don't worry. I just want to maybe put that out there. And as you know, we, you know, we live our lives out in the public. So I wanted the adorable boy disciples to be in on this. That's it. You know, we'll talk about it later, but we're going to go on and have a great show. Which we have so much planned for you, by the way, adorable boy disciples. Um, I just I just wanted to talk about it. I wanted to get it out there into the ether. And now we'll see what happens. We'll let it we'll let it all occur naturally. All right, Means? you're my number one. Even though radio producers are, are pretty stupid. You're my number one. Okay. Well, we got that out of the way. And, and you know, it's, it's tough having those conversations on air. But I feel like I had to. I feel like that's what we owe to you, the adorable boy disciples. And it's what I owe to Frankenbeans. So there you go. And it's what I owe to myself. Most importantly. Okay. Let's just get straight in, into content. How about that? How about we do that? And what, what we always start the show off with is a A battle. For the soul of podcasting. Um, we're going to take Jim Cornette and we're going to take him down a peg. Every week until he ends his kowtowing. Now, if you're new to the show, we get new listeners every week. Kowtowing is podcasting to serve another master. Not just to entertain, but to get something, to settle a score, to become rich, or anything like that. That's kowtowing, and we don't, we don't stand for it, and we're battling against it. And this is how we do it. It's Cornette tober So let's see what uh, Cornett had to ramble about this week. All right, the first track that Cornett has here that we have of Cornett's is titled, Cornette does everyone a favor and explains what his podcast is. All right, let's hear it.
1: It's lackluster, lacking in life and spontaneity, entertainment value, and overall oomph.
0: That is a very succinct description of your podcast, Jim. You finally done something right. You are lackluster and you lack any entertainment value. So good job with maybe you're learning, you know, I'm hoping you're learning. I'm hoping that's what that's a sign of either way. Good on you, Mr. Lackluster, no entertainment value. All right. Next track is labeled hack and stolen. Let's see what this is all about. I used to have
1: Tommy Noe doing that, doing in the Smoky Mountain wrestling radio commercials. The last line was, we'll sell you the whole seat but all you'll need is the edge. I stole that off some fucking race car That's uh, a good line. commercial yeah. I heard, but it is a good line.
0: At least you admit your theft, you cow tower. Um, and also, I mean, everyone has heard that. That is, he's, he's bringing it up like it's new. They've been saying that for years, Jim. Ugh, you're a hack. You were a hack back then. Only it's okay to be a hack in the wrestling industry. I am not allowing you. To be a hack in the podcast industry. This is mine, my industry, and I will defend it. Okay. Let's see what the next one is. Oh, okay. It's uh, labeled Bane of Existence is Cardboard. I can't imagine what this, remember, this is a wrestling podcast. I just want to remind you of that. Wrestling. My
1: new Bane
0: (laughs) of my Existence is Cardboard. Wrestling podcast. Cardboard. And now I'm, I'm going to, you know, spoil something here. He goes on this long thing about, about cardboard like anyone cares, about how he has to ship things and cardboard and cardboard. It's, it's pretty crazy and um, boring and kowtowy. And that's what he does. And it's the bane of his existence is cardboard. No. Jim, you're wrong again. The bane of your existence is the adorable boys. Because we're exposing you. We're exposing your kowtowing forever and for always. All right. Next uh, clip. Uh, it's about how he recycles the cardboard. It's great. It's um, I'm sure his, his wrestling fan audience is very interested in cardboard. If you're a wrestling fan and you're a fan of Jim Cornette and you've discovered the adorable boy podcast, I just want to rescue you. You don't need a wrestling podcast that talks about cardboard. There are plenty of good wrestling podcasts out there. I'll refer you to them. Get out of this cow tower leave him or unless you want to hear about cardboard for an indeterminate amount of time all right play the clip frank and me
1: we recycle here at the cast we recycle not only the 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 cans and the bottles and the and the various containers that our foodstuffs and our daily supplies for life come in and of course that's a that's a residential type thing we got the recycling bin we put it down there, they pick it up, that's, that's seamless, right? But there's a lot of cardboard recycling coming from the Cornettes collectible.
0: That's great, Jim. Tell us more about recycling. What, what, what is this? I mean, come on, no one cares about your cardboard, no one cares about your residential recycling. Jim, your fans want wrestling content, and you're minutes into the podcast and nary a wrestling topic. Except for the slogan you stole for a commercial 30 years ago epitome of cowtowing. you're serving a higher master you got an ego gym and we're gonna take you down all right next clip um oh good more of the cardboard dissertation that's good we sh- this should be very entertaining
1: it holds a lot of stuff all right last year i had the monroe brothers once a week they were going down to the recycling dump down at the fire department because that's where i was going with this down the road for me my little formerly peaceful street, it's now like Pet Cemetery, and you take your life in your hands just pulling out in an armored vehicle. But my former little down the street, a mile and a half, is the fire department. That's a handy thing. Where they also have the the dumpsters, the, the dumpster dumpsters, as we used to say, that um, that you take your recycling to your cans and your cardboard, your things of that nature.
0: Who cares? I mean, really, he keeps talking about recycling, going down to the fire department and, and who cares? You're kowtowing. Who is listening to this? I will not allow this podcast to keep going forward. I won't. The kowtowing must stop. I'm putting an end to it every week with Cornette Tober, formerly known as the podcast war. Jim, 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 you cannot win. I will not stop. Next clip. Let me read the title first. Um, Left and right turn indicators, a good thing. That's what it says. I don't know what this is about, but go ahead, Frank Means. So as I said,
1: I'm a responsible citizen. I not only use my left and right turn indicators in my car, but also I recycle for the good of the planet. And I've been doing this for
0: years now. So. Well let's start here. If you were a good citizen, you'd stop podcasting. And maybe you'd stop getting on your podcast and talk virtue signaling about signaling. It's ridiculous, Jim. You're not a good citizen. Because you you know, you're virtue signaling, signaling about recycling. When you do you adorable boys give to all kinds of charities, we give our time, we give our money. Our extensive amount of money. And yet you never hear us talk about it because we do it for, because it's right. Not to get on our podcast and, and brag about recycling. Uh, your podcasting has no shame. All right, uh, next one. All uh, right, here's uh, the co-host. You're gonna hear a different voice here. It says co-host. And he rants about recycling or rambles. Rants, rambles, whatever. He's doing them both. Hit it, Frank Frankenbeans. When I was in Long Beach on Long Island, I was kind of spoiled. And if this wasn't the way it went, I apologize to the very nice sanitation people,
1: but it was basically put all your recycling out on one day. Just put it all out. They'll take
0: care of it. And they did. When I moved to New Jersey, it was you could put all the bottles out, but you have to take the cardboard yourself to a place and dump each individual thing in individual places.
1: Oh, that's getting a little too down into the minutiae. Yeah, this was...
0: Uh this is a wrestling podcast and we have the co-host talking about different recycling regulations in New Jersey and Long Island who cares come on you got to do better than this you're into your podcast by like six minutes and you've talked about recycling for five of them this is a wrestling podcast and even if he was talking about wrestling he'd still be kowtowing because when he eventually gets to wrestling he kowtows but come on this is the height of kowtowing. cornette Virtue signaling about, about recycling and putting his audience through this utter boredom. And then his co-host come on, comes on and says, well, I recycled blah, blah, blah. This is awful. Kowtowing at its worst, and I'm not going to stand for it. Now, we're almost done with these clips here. I can't, I can't get worse than that, right? It just can't. Nobody cares about their recycling. Do they even think about what they put on here? I mean, the, the, the co-host is supposed to be some kind of podcaster. He uh, has some kind of network or something. What part of him says, well, the wrestling fans are going to want to hear about recycling. Let's talk about that. And listen, I'm not bad-mouthing recycling. Recycling is great. The adorable boys do it. We just don't get on a podcast and talk about it for 10 minutes. All right. Let's see. Oh, good. Some more rambling. This time, rambling about boxes. This should be good.
1: Well, that needs a 12-by-8-by-3, a Brian last by 12-by-8-by-3 box. And I call and I order the 12-by-8-by-3 boxes. And they send me an email after the fact saying, I'm sorry, we're out of the stock of these. and Don't know when we'll get them. So that for the same price, we're sending you a 12-by-8-by-4. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to you. However, it's thrown the entire assembly line process into turmoil.
0: This man is seriously talking about cardboard and boxes. Cardboard boxes. Could there be two more boring subjects? And he's torturing his fans and he's torturing podcasting with his garbage. I don't even know what to say anymore. And I know I'm a talk show host, but... He's been talking about boxes for minutes and cardboard and who cares? A 12 by 8 by 3 Nothing is more exciting. And he goes on here and talks about more sizes. Nothing is more exciting than rolling out numbers that no one knows what they mean because no one cares about the size of cardboard boxes. Unless you're shipping your, you know, wrestling figures. Which not many people do. Do they, Jim? I can't believe this. He's sullying the good name of kowtow. Of, uh, no, he's, he's celebrating kowtowing. He's sullying the good name of podcasting. But I will not lady podcast. I will not let lady podcasting be sullied. Not going to happen, Jim. Not on my watch. All right. I guess that's it for that part of the Cornettober. But every week we like to put together a compilation of all the things this guy says that make no sense in his podcast. And just, you know, make him expose him for the cow tower that he is. And also, there's a bonus part of Cornetober this week. We'll get to that after this compilation, though. So enjoy the ramblings of Jim Cornet.
1: Well, I've been hearing Drek for years. What day is it? What time is this? The Recycling Bin, Black Beauty, Monroe Brothers, Fire Department, the the Dempster Dumpsters, Recycling Dump, Bloody Variant, Hot Cakes the grabby thing, and fishmonger, and the meat gentleman. What what have you got against the dolphin? Where was I going with this?
0: All right. There's the nonsense from Jim Cornette. Took him 16 hours and one minute to get to wrestling on this podcast that's about three hours long. I can't imagine. I didn't even go that deep into this one. I can't imagine what other stuff he... All right. And I told you I had a surprise, an extra part of Tober this week and this week he happened to say one word more more times than I've ever heard him say any word again it has nothing to do with anything it's boring but we put all in, in a super cut none of these are repeated these are all different times he said the word well this word I'll leave it as a surprise enjoy
1: Cardboard, cardboard 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 cardboard
0: <laughs> all right adorable boy disciples there's the nonsense of jim coinette said cardboard a million times okay the business is done we are free to enjoy our podcast and i say our because this, this podcast belongs to you it belongs to me it belongs to everyone yeah uh, thank you thank you that's a. Uh, Thank you. For those of you listening at home, we have some adorable boy disciples out there on the bleachers and uh, they wanted to show their appreciation. So every once in a while, we turn the mic up for them. Okay, now we got to get that taste out of our mouth. We got to cleanse our palate. And we do that with a certain man that I like to call Mr. John Cena and his inspiring tweet of the week. Cena's inspiring tweet of the week, John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week, it will inspire you, he will inspire you because he's John Cena and this is his inspiring tweet of the week, John Cena will inspire you with his tweets. This is one of my favorite times of the of the podcast when I get to talk about John Cena as, and his inspiration that he gives to all of us. Let's see what we got here this week. Okay, here is John Cena's inspirational tweet of the week. Here we go. Spend less time hoping something comes true and more time figuring out how to do it. Great words from a great man. Um, you know, he's saying, you know, we all sit around what, the dreams we have and the and the goals we have and a lot of people are just content with having them now as you see the adorable boys we wanted to be voice of a generation legendary broadcasters and that's what happened we made it happen and John Cena is talking about that in this inspirational tweet so don't just think i mean yeah plan and and you know get ready and prepare which would be the same as get ready i suppose but don't but don't let that be the end of it you always have to take action and the action may not be perfect at first But keep going and you'll get there. John Cena, once again, thank you for inspiring us to be better people with your inspirational tweet of the week. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. It will inspire you. He will inspire you because he's John Cena, and this is his expiring tweet of the week. John Cena will inspire you with his tweets. All right. We are heading towards a break here. Let's see if we can fit anything else in. Let me look. Um, you know what? We'll go on break, we'll come back, and we'll uh, give a lesson in capitalism. How does that sound? Thank you for listening to the Adorable Boy podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, it's, uh... The social media team is at Adorable Podcast on Twitter. We're on Truth Social, same thing, Adorable Podcast. Um... Instagram, all that stuff. We're being shadow banned, but we still have a good presence. A lot of people get their Adorable Boy news from those venues. AOL keyword, Adorable Boy. Um... Yeah, and thank you studio audience for coming uh, And being a part of the show today yeah, yeah. Let me turn that down um, We're going to do some uh, messages Some content And uh, we're going to be back To give a prominent politician A lesson in capitalism You're listening To the Adorable Boy Podcast This fall, Nina brings the attitude back to daytime television.
1: Is your brother gay?
0: She's asking the question and getting the answers no one else gets. I believe in that old thing, so the people shall know. So that's where I'm coming from. But is he gay? This daytime queen isn't afraid to tell anyone what she thinks.
2: And I think that people are Again, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm happy that it's this way, but I feel that people are more comfortable with people who look like they look, who dress like they look, who listen to the same music, eat the same food, do the same things they do.
0: If you're looking for a daytime show that covers all the hot topics, Nina has you covered.
1: Male sexual dysfunction. Murder. What does race really have to do with how we define ourselves as people? What are George and Wheezy doing now?
0: Male sexual dysfunction. Join us this fall as Nina takes back Daytime TV. Male sexual dysfunction... Alright everybody, gather around, The Potato Man is here. What kind of podcast you want? Hateful? Boring? Uninteresting? Anything you want. I'm the Potato Man. Who can take a podcast that no one listens to? Add a little hate and an idiot or two. Potato Man. Oh, Potato Man can. Potato Man can, cause he has no talent, makes the world seem bleak. Who can take a format and make it boring crap? Says nothing of interest, but still never shuts his flap. Potato Man, oh, Potato Man can. Potato Man can, cause he sounds just like Man-Cow makes the world seem bleak. Potato Man makes every episode boring and malicious. Now talk about your childish humor. Keep saying that it's not a tumor. Oh, who can take comedy? Dip it in some poo. Separate the quality and collect up all the kowtowing Potato Man. Oh, Potato Man can. Okay, and we are back. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Adorable Boy Podcast. All right, so I promised you before the uh, break that we would do another lesson in capitalism for politician and, uh, what's her name? Alexandra Orcasio-Cortez. Um, so that's what we're going to do. That's the long and the short of it here. Um, so I have a video of hers where she spouts more nonsense and I'm going to correct her on it. Easy. Easy. For so Frank and Beans, you got the video? All right. Um, why don't you hit it, and we'll stop it when, uh, when it's time. It's a short video. It's like a few minutes. We probably won't watch all of it. Just enough to teach her about capitalism, because she said she doesn't know what capitalism is. You know, and in fact, we should play that clip um, of her explaining her ignorance in uh, economics as a whole. So, hit that clip first, Frank and Beans, from last week. Thank you.
2: Most people don't really know what capitalism is. Most people don't even know what socialism is. But most people are not capitalists because they don't have capitalist money. They're not billionaires.
0: Okay, so there you have it. That woman is in charge of things. Um, And just to help her out, I know we did this last week, let me read a uh, definition of capitalism for Miss Cortez. An economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. Pretty cut and dry there, AOC. Um, you may not like it, but I think most people do know what capitalism is. Okay, so we have a video here. Made, it was on YouTube from February of this year, where uh, this dum-dum talks about... just It's just nonsense, and we're going to just get into it. It's really scary that this woman is in charge of anything though what has she really done since being elected you know she made a lot of noise i'm wondering what what actual what actual things she has done to improve anyone's life other than her own um but we're going to talk about it so let me start this video and again we'll stop it when uh, the time is right oh wait hold up a second there frankenbeans um i should tell you the name of this video it is let me see Corporate price gouging is fueling inflation rep representative Alexandria, Alexandria Ocasio 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 Cortez, Cortez Cortez. Okay. Let's play it. Let's get into this.
2: I think particularly when
0: I can't take anything seriously for someone who says particularly, I just can't do it. It's just, it's just not how you say it. So you're off to a bad start here, Ms. Cortez, but go on, please do go on.
2: We have this this conversation in the context of inflation as well. It's really not just labor, it's not just rising wages, but there's a lot of different dynamics that I think are contributing to the increase in prices, whether it's supply chain complications, Yes, labor issues, but sometimes lack of labor, um, a lack of the ability to be able to work consistently in their jobs.
0: Okay, so what's, what's contributing to the higher prices? Remember, she's saying it's price gouging. While others say it's inflation. Um, so here's what she said. A lot of different dynamics that contribute to increased prices. Lack of labor, lack of ability to work, pandemic controls, supply chain problems. So what she's talking about is all things that the government intervened in throughout the pandemic. Yet this, in her opinion, these have nothing to do with why prices are high. I, I think you can imagine what she's going to blame that on. I'm sure it's going to be those evil evil corporate people who make the things that we buy and invent the things that make our lives better. That's probably who it is, right? I'm sure it is. Okay. Hit play again, Means.
2: Which is also tied to pandemic controls, and also there's a real distinction to be made between inflation and price gouging, and there's a lot of evidence that particularly industries with high concentrations, corporate concentrations, um, whether it's almost oligopoly level.
0: I want you to pay attention to what she says here. What she has said already, she's rambling, but she said there's a lot of evidence that in industries with high corporate concentrations which I would assume pretty much everything, but we'll go, we'll go away from that. So that's what she said so far. Let's see where she goes.
2: Industries, a lot of these price increases are potentially due to just straight price gouging by corporations.
0: There's a lot of evidence that a lot of these price increases are typically due to just straight price gouging. Where's the evidence? That seems like it'd be important, or should we just trust you? Should we just trust the woman who hates industry for some reason? When she says there's a lot of evidence. You know, when we, when we did the Marx uh, special report on Marxism, I told you they have to be vague. And here's more of it. Oh, there's a lot of evidence, sure. What is the evidence? I think what the evidence is is pretty important to what she's saying. But guess what? We never get the evidence. And just straight price gouging. What a ridiculous thing to say. The economy is unbelievably complicated, and that's why the free market is the best way, because we can't possibly control it. But for her to say, oh, it's simple, it's just straight price gouging, and there's all this evidence that we have, that I have, that, that I could tell you, but you wouldn't understand it anyway. Uh, I guess we just have to believe her. All right. And she said another, I'm going to go back, because she said another word that I think we should focus on. I think she said it already. Oh, and don't forget the word potentially. So there's a lot of evidence that these price increases are potentially due to just straight price gouging. It's not the pumping of all the money, the making of all the money that causes inflation, as we know does. No no no. It's it's the evil corporations. That's who it is. Oh my gosh. She said something too, I think, or maybe she hasn't said it yet. Uh, I'm gonna go back a little. Frank means go back a little. And um, then hit play and we'll see where we go. This is going to be a repeat of something that you've heard, but bear with us.
2: Um, whether it's almost oligopoly level. It-
0: there it is, oligopoly. Uh, just keep that in mind. We'll keep going.
2: Industries. Uh, a lot of these price increases are potentially due to just straight price gouging by corporations.
0: Hmm.
2: Are you concerned about...
0: By- All right, he's, gonna, he's about to throw her a uh, easy question. Oligopoly is what she said. Now, keep in mind, she's saying that price gouging by corporations are what's causing the high prices. So let's figure out what an oligopoly is. huh? Let's do it. I happen to have the definition right here. It is a state of limited competition in which a market is shared by a small number of producers or sellers. So what, I mean, as far as what I know of her, she would love an oligopoly because she hates businesses. So why wouldn't she want the, the state to, to have a small group of, of producers or sellers. With limited competition, that seems best, according to her. Yet she uses the word oligopoly without probably without fully understanding what it is. And not realizing that's what she's advocating for. So according to her, oligopolies are bad. And that's a, let's get the definition again, a state of limited competition in which a market is shared by a small numbers of producers or sellers so she and maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm putting words in her mouth but in from what i know of her she would advocate for the state to take over pretty much every business to take over the economy so then there's one entity the state controlling everything every industry every product made yet not understanding any of it probably so there's that whole thing that we we won't even get into here but the definition of an oligopoly is limited competition which is exactly what she wants because corporations are evil and they're driving up prices um, when, for goods and services when demand is high and supplies are limited, which is a definition of price gouging. So none of this makes any sense. She doesn't know what capitalism is. She doesn't know what price gouging is. She doesn't know what oligopoly is. And yet she's where she is, apparently, and making these videos with these softball questions from this guy. Um, and, like, for an example, like... I can start an airline if I have enough money, right? And I'm, if I'm successful, what would happen? The other airlines would lose business, right? Maybe I'm, I'm the best airline and no one wants to fly them. They all want to fly me. Then what would happen? Well, the government would probably bail the other airlines out. And then, but let's, let's say I even succeeded beyond that and I'm still the best. At some point, what they would do would be to break me up, take part of my creation away from me give it to someone else probably one of the people that failed in the other airlines and and make quality worse for everyone because you had the one airline that was serving everyone and and mostly made people happy good service good whatever safety all that they'd force me to split that up so why so if if i know this would happen if i wanted to start an airline why would i because the the reward for being really good at it, is to lose it, and that makes everyone unhappy—the customers, everyone. So she advocates for a system in which no one gets, no no one has a chance to be satisfied. And yet she is, is a is a darling in the political community for some reason. Uh, well, I went off there a little bit, but you know. You get the idea. Go ahead. Go ahead, Frank. It means that inflation and higher interest rates and the impact on working people. That question was, is she concerned about higher inflation rates and its effect on working people? What? A, I, uh, I don't I don't know who this guy is. I don't know. It's from Yahoo Finance. So apparently they're doing everything they can to make this woman look good, despite and, and even then she's looking terrible. But anyway, well, I'll let her answer that question.
2: I mean, wherever prices are increasing and it's making it difficult for someone to be able to feed their family, that is always going to be a major point of
0: Buzzword, always appeal to the emotion. People can't feed their families. I'm watching the video too on the monitor. That's uh, the TV monitor. And they're showing Walmart and just things to relate to everyday people. The peons. But, I, and I've watched this video before. Let's um, let's wait to see what her solution is. We're going to get to it and it's insane. But go ahead. Go ahead. Hit it again, means
2: Concern, primary point of concern. Uh, but the real key is making sure that we're diagnosing the causes correctly.
0: Because... Diagnosing the causes correctly. Now, does she mean correctly or in a way that will help her? Keep that in mind.
2: Because the danger here is that if we say we're helping working people too much and say that the cause of this is, oh, it's because we provided too much assistance during the American Rescue Plan, stimulus checks were too generous, that is why we are dealing with the problems that we're dealing with.
0: So there she said, if people start thinking that the giving away of money and, and the shutdown of our economy are the reason that we're where we are now with the high inflation, that would that wouldn't that would stop them from being able to help people. That's what she's saying. So what's what's the solution to that?
2: Dealing with now, what that's going to result in is a pullback in the assistance that some families need the most right now.
0: Okay, so that's more of the problem. That's she's exact that's what I said. I just jumped the gun a little bit. So if we blame inflation and, and the and the terrible state of our economy now on the fact that we shut down the economy for the coronavirus, uh, People are going to want to stop helping people is what she's saying. So go on hit it again. Frank and means,
2: and when we already talk about the cessation of the child tax credit, uh, with the failure to pass the build back better act before the end of last year, uh, we really need to be very careful about diagnosing these issues correctly because on the flip
0: side, not necessarily correctly, just how she wants. And how you know whoever is above her wants the big money above her.
2: Side of that coin, if we say there are real antitrust issues here, if there's a lot of corporate abuse of power leading to price gouging. Then that allows us to pursue lanes such as antitrust and also pursue labor protections, COVID protections that can help people get.
0: So what she's saying there is, if people start thinking. That what I said, which the shutdown of the economy is what put us here. People are going to want to stop, stop stop helping people. But what they can do is use antitrust laws, which are kind of ridiculous in the first place. But they can use those to get what they want. So she's, she's telling you her strategy. She's telling you the dishonesty of her strategy. It's like. It's like if people see the guy behind the curtain, they're going to question if he's a wizard or not, or is he just some guy? So what she wants to do is get rid of the curtain, put up an iron wall so that no one ever sees him and no one ever questions. And they can continue to do the things that didn't work in the first place. If they can convince the public that the introduction of more currency didn't cause inflation and that they actually need to do more of that, then they can use unfair laws to force businesses to do what they want them to do. It's, it's, she's, she's coming clean basically in this, in February, no one really seemed to pick it up, but I sure did. All right. It's almost over. We'll hit the rest.
2: Back into the workplace and stay safe in the workplace.
1: Right. so you are seeing those who are suggesting that it's because of the assistance that people had during COVID that that's inflationary and therefore we need to swing the pendulum yeah. back.
2: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I couldn't disagree right. more. Right. I couldn't disagree.
0: Well, that guy summed it up for her, because I guess that's what journalists are supposed to do. Be a mouthpiece for the politician they're interviewing, in quotation marks. And she doesn't say why she disagrees. That's the end of the video. So no evidence doesn't even say why she disagrees. And that's it. Everyone's fine. She'll get elected again. In the Bronx. It's it's utter insanity. She She basically said what she was going to do. They said their strategy, we'll use these laws and get them, get what we want. No, no concern over, over what actually put us in the situation. If it was the build back better act, which didn't pass, as she said, or the, uh, you know, the stimulus payments, all that stuff. The truth doesn't matter. What matters is them getting what they want. And that's the gist of this video. AOC, you don't know what capitalism is. You don't know what oligopolies are. You don't know what price gouging is. Please stop trying to destroy us. I, that's all I can say. Just please. I'm begging. If you could just find it in your heart to stop trying to destroy us. All right, so there's my end of my lesson for AOC. Seems like she sorely needs it. Um, hopefully she listens, you know, and I bet you will have another lesson ready for her to, next week because um, she seems to say stupid things a lot. All right. See, where can we go now? i'm gonna sit I'm gonna wait for Frankenbeans. beans um he's looking at something who knows what he's doing in there. Franken Beans is a producer who doesn't know how to turn on his microphone. He can talk to me in my ears, but he can't talk to you yet for no reason. He's a radio producer he should be able to he should know how to turn on a microphone, but whatever hey sexy lady. Oh. Yeah, that's Gangnam Style. Frank and Beans just asked me about. It's really disorienting, Frank and Beans. They can't hear you. Only I can. It's really weird. Yeah, it's Korean, that song. Gangnam Style. I don't know why it's been stuck in my head. Do you know what it means, actually? I'm actually I, I'm good at translating songs. Uh, And Gangnam Style is a style of uh, deveining shrimp, actually. did You know, we'll let the adorable boy disciples in. I'm just going to talk to them, Frank and Beans. You listen. If you didn't know gang um I'm pretty sure and this is my interpretation I'm pretty sure gangnam style is a is a method of deveining shrimp Now Frankie means doesn't believe me but let's you know what, let's play it a little bit Um let me get it on here I'm getting I'll get it on my computer don't worry about it But yeah I'm pretty sure um it's a it's a way to it's a style of of deveining shrimp I guess which makes it taste better or something. I don't know, but that's what Gangnam Style is. As far as I know. All right, let me, let me play it for you. Um, and and I'll translate too. I like Gangnam Style. That's how he likes his shrimp. same thing. This is all my interpretation. I'm pretty sure it's correct. I really like to eat a lot of shrimp. And when I eat the shrimp, I like to have it my way. I like shrimp a lot. You should go and eat some with me. We can go to a place I know with the best shrimp in town. Beat the shrimp with me. I really like it. Eat the shrimp. Come have some shrimp. With me. What style will you have? What style will you have? I know what I'll have. There's only one way to satisfy me when I want some shrimp. I really like it, like it, like it, like it. Gangnam style. Yeah, that's what he means. As far as I know, he keeps saying Gangnam style because that's how he likes his shrimp, deveined. I guess it I don't really eat shrimp. I don't know if um, how you devane it makes a difference with the taste, but I guess it does because he's pretty um, adamant about it. Yeah, I, I'm good at actually good at uh, translating songs. I know uh, that one "Du Hast" too, the uh, Rammstein, uh song. That's actually an inspirational song, as far as I know. Yeah, let's let's pull that one up too. I'll explain that. I'll translate that for you. And remember, it's a loose translation. It's not going to match up perfectly, but I'm getting the idea as far as I know. So here's, uh, let's see, let's yeah, let's do do host. Start playing in here. Let's fast forward a little bit. There we go. Hmm. The lyrics to start soon. You, you can, you can do anything. You, you can, you can do anything. Let's just pass forward that a little bit. Same thing. You, you can, you can do anything. Mm, come on, get to the other lyrics. This is valuable podcast real estate. I don't have time for this. I don't even like this song that much. It's okay, I guess, but I guess I'm cursed with the ability to translate. You, you, you can do anything. You can do anything, whatever. You can do anything if you have confidence. You can do anything if you have confidence. You can do anything if you have confidence confidence and I will help you along the way. Trust in yourself and you can do anything. Nothing is out of reach for you. Give it your all. Out of ten, you can get a 9 Hard work always pays off Keep your head down and reap the rewards Make sure your effort is not Make sure your effort is not be I messed up there but It's make sure your effort is not benign This is actually fun It means I didn't expect to get into this But that's the Adorable Boy podcast You never know what's going to happen You never ever know and just when you think you, you do, we change it up on you. Let's do one more song. I'm trying to think of another one I can um, translate. Um, oh, that one, the dance one. What was that called? Macarena. That's what it is. And it translates loosely as far I I, I think, to um, Someone Stole My Cookie. I'm pretty sure. But uh, let's play it and uh, we'll talk about it. I'm just going to start. Oh. Oh. That was kind of loud, wasn't it? Do they sing? It's weird because what these people, girl these women sing in the beginning, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with what the song is about. This is weird, but it was the nineties, you know. You take what you can get, right? Yeah, hey, I had a cookie and now I don't have one. That sure looks a lot like my cookie. Where is my cookie? It looks just like that one. Hey, that's my cookie. And just that over and over again. Hey, that's my cookie. Yep, yeah, there you go. I don't know what it has to do with that girl's boyfriend, but I'm pretty sure that's what those words mean. So education on the Adorable Boy Podcast. You're welcome. Adorable boy, Cyples, I do it all for you. Not so much for frankenbeans, my producer. We all know how stupid producers are, right, guys? <laughs> all right. Where should we go next on this wonderful podcast journey? You know, I'm looking at the phones and uh, they're pretty, pretty, pretty full. Um, we haven't taken calls in a while other than from those psychopaths, but um, let's do it now. All right, let's see who we go to. All right, let's see. Tim in Hartsville, you are on the Adorable Boy podcast. Hey, man. You know, you're always talking about capitalism and capitalism and capitalism. I just want everyone to have enough. What's what's so wrong with that? I just want everyone to have enough. Why why are you so against that? Don't you want people to have enough? All right, thanks for your call, Tim. Uh, To answer your question, yes, I do. I want everyone to have what they need. However, I'm not naive enough to think that the government can provide it for them, for us. Because they haven't so far. Anytime they've tried, it's been a failure. Anytime any government has tried, it's been a failure. Now, some governments, you know, are more successful at it than others. But, you know, everyone always, always cites the Scandinavian Scandinavian countries. But they don't really look into the history. Wealth is created by capitalism. Even the biggest opponent of capitalism... Karl Marx knew that, and he said, it, he said it outright in the Communist Manifesto. So yes, I want everyone to have enough. And you know what? There are people out there who, who say, you know, I, I have what I have. If you want something, you work for it. And that's, that can be there, and they don't want to help other people. And that's their right. Is it the right way to live? I don't think so. But right, what right do I have to tell them how to live? No, I just, I want everyone to have enough, but I also want us to lose This idea that the government can do that for us. They can't. We have to do it ourselves. And if all the liberals would get together and and support people without the government, without the government being the middleman, I I know a lot of also right-wingers would do the same. I guess I'd be considered right-wing and I would do it. So then what is to stop us from efficiently and and effectively helping, helping people out who need it? Now, everyone's, you know, there's always going to be suffering. There's always going to be hunger, but we can reduce it. It's within our power to reduce it by a significant amount, but not with the government's involvement. So, Tim, you know, you can keep your your pie in the sky dream. Um, I'd rather I'd, I'd rather support something that works in reality, which, of course, is capitalism and the free market and freedom of the individual, which is our most important right. OK, thanks for your call, Tim. Okay, next call. Uh Liam in Baton Rouge. Liam, you're on the Adorable Boy podcast. Oi. Why are you so mean on the Twitter? I always see you on there and and you're always so mean to everyone, calling them dum-dums and stuff like that. What why are you doing that? Well, first of all, it's my social media team. Though they have direction for me, I don't you know, I don't actually type out the messages or even think of them. But they do represent the Adorable Boy podcast. And, um, you know, this has been a question I've been getting in emails a lot. Um, and, you know, you know, there are a lot of evil people out there. And when you challenge them, as the Adorable Boy Twitter account does, the social media team, when you challenge these hateful people, they come back at you. And, of course, they call you hateful and they call you everything they are. So we're not going to back down on Twitter. We're going to keep exposing Dumb Dumbs has, has has been our favorite word. We're gonna keep. I'm gonna keep directing the social media team to do that. A lot of hate, a lot of uh, anger, on Twitter. And we it's it's just another way. This podcast is a way that we we help we make the world better. And our Twitter account is a way that we make the world better. And we're not gonna stop. And if if you're that hurt by being called a dum dumb, maybe you should rethink your life. How about that? i think we have time for one more call um we got a lot to do but i'm glad to come out here and uh and really help and really you know interact with the adorable boy disciples and some people who aren't doesn't seem like the last two callers were but that's okay all right let's see stewart in Laddingtown. town stewart you are on the adorable boy podcast what can i do for you hey hey there uh, what, what do you think about the elon musk buying to twitter you think it's a good thing? You know we um we actually have some some stuff on that we're going to get into here in a few minutes. Might as well use this as a jumping off point. Um we're going to talk more about it later. I guess what I'll say right now is anytime people freak out as much as they are about something like this, it's probably if not a good thing, it's a good it's a step in the right direction, but we'll get into that. In fact, that is what the adorable boy heartfelt apology uh is concerning this week. I'm going to pull that up and I'll read it right now. How about that? Now, if you're, uh, let me just for the, for the new adorable boy cycles let me explain for the last, I don't know, a few months, we've been doing heartfelt apologies because eventually you're going to have to apologize. So we're just getting at, we're being proactive. So we're proactively apologizing, uh, before we do anything just to be safe. Cause we don't, you know, sometimes you got to do that kind of thing. All right. So here's our newest uh, entering to the Adorable Boy Heartfelt Apology Series. Okay, I'll read it. Okay, let's see. The Adorable Boy Podcast apologizes to liberal Twitter users. The Adorable Boy Podcast, purveyor of quality content, continues the Heartfelt Apology Series with a letter of contrition to the mentally ill who predict a coming elon apocalypse after billionaire Elon Musk purchased the popular social media site known as Twitter. Dateline, Anytown, USA, April, 2022. The wildly popular Adorable Boy podcast offers a sincere and heartfelt apology to the petulant, overgrown children who weep for Twitter and themselves. I don't quite get what they're complaining about, and I don't know why we're apologizing for it, but that's how it goes nowadays, Adorable Boy Spud lamented. I mean, they didn't seem to have a problem with Twitter banning opposing views when they deleted Trump's account. Not sure why they care now. But again... There is no reasoning with an angry mob. The Adorable Boy podcast hopes this apology will help heal what is broken in these psychopaths, but Spud is not optimistic. And I quote, You know, there are some dum out there who won't rest until we have another civil war. I wish that once they would just at least fake like they don't hate life, and maybe they won't anymore. The Adorable Boy podcast traces its roots back more than three decades to the Adorable Boy radio show that was syndicated on multiple stations throughout the country. They were removed from the radio... After the controversial switch for a switch contest in which a listener was horribly mutilated by a back alley madman posing as a doctor. There we have it. The adorable boy apology, heartfelt apology for this week. Um, and let's get into, we got some more, um, to talk about with Twitter as I, I think everyone knows. Um, and I'm, I don't think I'm being too presumptuous here that, uh, Elon billionaire, Elon Musk bought Twitter, uh, recently And some people are freaking out about it, as you know, you can imagine. So what we did is we came up with a list of ways that liberals can protest Elon Musk and his purchase of Twitter. These are just some suggestions, maybe things that you can do to make yourself feel better um, about him buying Twitter. not saying any of these will work, you know, to take Twitter away from him, but these are things you can do. And, uh, you know, and we'll get into them and we'll see if any of them fit for any of the liberals out there who do listen to the adorable boy podcast, because we are a bipartisan podcast. We don't show any favoritism. We tell it like it is right down the middle. All right. So the first one is self-immolation, self-immolation. I'm not saying that anyone should burn themselves. I'm not saying that at all, but it's, it's a, it's a protest method that has been used by others. To some effect, you know, and people have a tendency to notice things that are on fire. Now, don't burn yourself. This is just, you know, me saying that that's one possibility. But do not do that. It's not a good idea. All right. Next one is a lot, a lot more safe. Maybe. I guess it is. It's make your own social media site. Easy. There are plenty of Twitter employees who are experienced in banning people and suppressing the speech of the people they don't like. So recruit them, make your own, call it, I don't know, honesty, social or something. And there you have it, you know, problem solved. That's what we do here on the adorable boy podcast. We solve problems. Okay. Next one is ramp up the calling people racist thing. You know, for years, anyone who disagrees with anything that liberals say is called racist. So just turn that up, turn that knob up. Keep doing it. Do it more. I'm sure it'll work. Probably. All right. Next one is help the environment by buying an electric car. Cu- uh, no, never mind. Don't do that. Um, next one. See the world from a unique angle. Take a trip on space. No, a- no, nope, nope, never mind. Not that one either. Okay. Here's the next one. Uh, dig a tunnel. Volunteer time to help build your community by working for the boring company. No. Nope. Don't do that either. Um, okay, don't, don't do any of those things. Those things will not help you against Elon Musk. All right, go all, go all in on CNN+. Plus. It's a CNN streaming service. Um, not doing too well. In fact, it's gone. So I guess that was kind of an outdated tip. But you could still say it's great. Facts don't ever matter to you, you dum-dums. So just go all in on the CNN+. Plus. Whatever that means to you. Okay, here's a good one. Um, what you do is you recruit a nominal nominally famous actor to fake an attack while he's walking down the street. Have the attackers yell, this is Elon country. And then tell the press that it was perpetrated by two Twitter ne'er-do-wells. Easy. You know, g- get some fake, some fake outrage going. Make up the story, who cares? You know, you do what you gotta do. And that's it. Just follow those steps that I just laid out right there. You get a nominal, nominally famous actor or actress, either one. Make up a story. Get sympathy. Get the word out there. Down with Elon Musk. Up with I guess whatever else. Alright, next one is loudly blame fossil fuels. You know, the things we use to use, move our cars and heat our houses and live? Blame them because apparently they're evil for some reason that I don't know. Um so loudly blame them. You know, it's it's just it's just a method, you know. Any of these by themselves probably won't do anything. But maybe combine them all and who knows you, where where you'll get in your quest to suppress free speech. Okay, next one, loudly blame guns. Guns are the pro- every problem is caused by guns. Blame them. Get get the word out, there. scream, cry, all that. Just make sure you blame guns for Elon Musk buying Twitter. All right, next one. Write a letter to the cognitively impaired president begging him to take away your rights. I mean, you'd basically do it anyway. Now formalize it. Write a letter. Get him to react. Get him to form some kind of commission for some reason. Some overreaching commission to limit free speech. Do that. Do that. I dare you. I mean, you basically do it every day, as I said. But put it in writing. Put it in writing how you don't want your rights. Do that. Uh, Next one. And this is the last one. And it seems to be the one that liberals are most used to doing. Just start burning buildings down. Boom. Something you don't like is happening. People are getting to say things that you don't like. Start burning things. The press will cover you. You know that. So just start burning things down. Easy. And that these are the ways that liberals can protest Elon Musk buying Twitter. Get out there and do it, but don't really. Okay, let's move on. We're running out of show here. Uh, Frank and Beans, can we go to the end without taking a break? We can. Okay, uh, great. All right, let's get into uh, adorable boy gossip. We started this up last week. It's some blind gossip items brought to you by the adorable boy gossip team. And uh, we're going to read them to you and you can guess who they are. We're not going to say who they are. But you can guess. It's all about celebrities and gossip and all that stuff. All right. The Adorable Boy Gossip Team reporting for duty. Which portly former game show host threw a big party at her house to celebrate her surgically repaired hip? Well the party turned into a booze-laden affair that got so out of hand that two women, who apparently were very talented at water aerobics, ended up splitting a can of cream corn in the pool before they passed out. That must have been messy. A guest who returned to the house the next day to pick up some belongings they left behind was surprised to see the pool drained and the coroner finishing up his paperwork with the words, natural causes. Next story, which suspected celebrity beard is getting a little sloppy with their public duties? Not only did they dine in at McDonald's and leave all their garbage on the table, they were spotted out at one of the best College Station, Pennsylvania's cruising clubs this week with matted hair, ragged gray sweatpants and a large brown stain on their bottom. They've booked themselves a table there this weekend too, and the Adorable Boy gossip team is wondering if the place will need to be fumigated. And finally, which Bolshevik-sympathizing commentator-comedian has overestimated the public's appetite for his drunken ramblings and racist takes on the news? Our team suggests that this one celebrated troubadour is actually paying prostitutes to fill seats at his shows. Golly, I hope he's getting his money's worth. All right, wonderful. Another edition of Adorable Boy Gossip. It's just taking the world by storm. Amazing. Amazing stuff. Okay, let's talk about a little bit of news. You know, just a little bit of so I can keep you up to date on what's happening. The goings-on, if you will. Um, Let's see. Well, again, everyone's kind of freaking out about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Um, apparently, we have a new story here about what the government wants to wants to do to counteract, I guess, a guy owning something. Because as I said before, when, when they kicked Trump off of uh, Twitter, it was perfectly fine. But now there needs to be an investigation because someone bought a company. Um, let's see. Here's a story. It's from Fox News. Fox Business, actually. Uh, Some Senate Democrats are reportedly considering calling on Tesla CEO Elon Musk to testify about his plans with Twitter after he reached a deal to buy the social media giant. Can anyone tell me why he should have to tell the government his plans? He's not doing anything illegal. I, I, I just don't understand this. How are we okay with this? It's like, I mean, it's what if we get to the point where you buy a house and then you have to tell the government what you plan to do with it, which I mean, in some ways you kind of do, but not, not, you know, in this manner, what, unless Elon Musk is going to do something illegal with Twitter, the government has no right to do this. And you know, who knows? It might just be something that Fox news is, you know, sensationalizing. Um, but it, but it's not, it's not out of question. Government is, the United States government has done stuff like this. So, let me read the Senate Commerce Committee, which, uh, whatever, uh, has had hearings with former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, blah, blah, blah. Um, we have, to, here's a quote from Commerce Committee member Senator Ed Markey, who's a Democrat from Massachusetts, Massachusetts, excuse me. Uh, he called Twitter central to democracy and our our, our economy. But when they're as you know, the adorable boys are right down the middle. But when Twitter is banning the right-wing people, it didn't matter. But now that Elon Musk bought it and the left won't have control of Twitter, it's now central to our democracy and our economy. Makes, makes perfect sense, huh? Of course it doesn't. Uh, it goes on with a quote. We have to understand the censorship, or lack thereof, content moderation or not, that is going to be po- the policy of the new owner. Can someone tell me why it's okay for the government to take a private citizen who just bought a business and ask him what he's going to do with that business? There's no reason why they should even want to know. Well, the the reason is because it was a political tool that was used to great effect during the 2020 election to spread misinformation. And and listen, we that's not a conspiracy theory anymore. We all know that happened. Um Senator Richard Blumenthal, Democrat of Connecticut, said there was a powerful imperative to ask Musk to testify about his plans with Twitter and address lawmakers' concerns. I sure don't know many... This isn't from the American people. A powerful imperative is what he's saying. We have no... No one cared before. And now the only people that want it are the people who are afraid that it won't be a tool for them anymore and not only that but it might be a tool against them this is insane completely insane this shouldn't be happening they have no right to ask him anything about this he bought it legally he's he's unless he breaks a law they have no right i can't imagine that we live in this time where this is happening let's see what else it says here oh good lifetime politician elizabeth warren weighed in uh this article says she called for rules to govern unregulated social media senator senate majority leader chuck schumer democrat in new york said he hoped twitter didn't get any darker than it already is again he didn't care how dark it was before but now that his party can't use it as a weapon or uh, listen they probably can i'm sure they can but that'll now that it'll be harder for them to now it's it's is of concern Unregulated social media. That's what, that's what Elizabeth Warren said. You have no right to regulate social media. Now, if, if, a, if a crime is happening, if people are you know, inciting violence on there, okay. You know, That's something the government can get involved in through local police force or whoever. If it has to be federal, it has to be federal. But What the government has no right to do is call Elon Musk and make him testify and answer their stupid questions. Now, if he wants to do it, that's fine. They have no right to make him. And I guess they can make him. I don't know. Who knows? I'm sure they can. See, on Wednesday, the Biden administration said it was establishing a disinformation governance board to combat online disinformation. <clears throat> News that must call discomforting. This whole misin- disinformation thing. Let's say you come to my house, adorable boy disciple, and you, you would never do this. I know that. Let's say you came to my house and punched me in the face and I went to the cops and said, you did this and we, we all go to your house and you say, no, that's disinformation. You obviously have a reason to lie. And, and you saying that is your attempt to to silence me after something that was done to me was, that was wrong. It's this, this, who decides what disinformation is you? I guess it depends on how much power, power you have. If Elizabeth Warren came and punched me in the face and then she said that's dis- disinformation, that that's probably what everyone would think it was. And I'd probably get in trouble. But the truth of the matter is, you know, in this hypothetical situation that I was punched in the face. But that doesn't matter if the powerful people can call whatever the hell they want disinformation. We got I I don't know. We got to we got to nip this stuff in the bud. And maybe Elon Musk buying Twitter is a good start. Maybe they really can't control him. Or Twitter or who knows. I you know there's so many un- unknowns. I have no idea what his what his goal is for Twitter or if his you know if he's planning on acting nobly. Nobly? Nobly. I don't know if that's a word, but you get what I'm ta- what I'm saying. This disinformation thing is 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 insane you know the nazis would would have if, if you were a person in germany in the 40s 30s whatever and you said to the nazis that hey jewish people are, are regular people just like you and me they would then call that disinformation and probably kill you is that is that our goal are we heading towards that is that where we want to go i sure don't and the adorable boys will not let us go there because just like we're fighting kowtowing we're fighting all this garbage as I was talking about last week with the racism thing, you let people talk and then you use truth and reality to take apart their arguments if, if they're lying. Or if they're wrong. And that's what you would do. If it's disinformation, we'll find out. The truth will come out, Just especially if we have a whole contingent of, Ameri- contingent of Americans searching for the truth. So just saying something is disinformation without... Just offhand is ridiculous, and this it's but it's exactly what they want to do. They they did it to Trump, and again, you know the adorable boys are right down the middle, but they lied about Trump many times. They lied about the Ivermectin thing, about how he said told people to take horse dewormer. He never said that. They did the same thing about Joe Rogan, who just conveyed what he did, and then they attacked him. Uh, They lied about Trump when he said to drink bleach. He didn't say to drink bleach. Everyone knows what he really said. But then that gets labeled disinformation when it's a lie anyway. It's insane. We always have to watch what they're doing. Because what they want to do is set up a, a a position of power and be able to identify whatever they don't like as misinformation. And we won't allow allow that to happen, will we, adorable boys? All right, I've got time for one more story. And this is, it's a celebrity story. Um, And I I don't really care about the story at all. But I kind of want to point something out on it. So let me pull this up. Okay, so this sounds like a gossip story, but it really isn't because I'm going to use it to make a real point. Um, It's about Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde. Jason Sudeikis was on Saturday Night Live. And Olivia Wilde is some kind of an actress and um, they used to be married. Now they're divorced. And I guess there's a custody thing going on. I don't know any of the details. Um, let, let me read the first paragraph here and to get a little bit of the story here. Uh, Jason Sudeikis. And this is from the LA Times. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is not pleased with the public spectacle that unfolded when Olivia Wilde received custody papers from him at CinemaCon earlier this week. I don't know what CinemaCon is. I'm guessing it's some kind of you know movie thing where they announce movies and stuff. Um, so apparently, she was served custody papers while she was on stage at this thing talking about her movie or something. I think a movie she directed or, or something like that on stage. That's what this story is saying. That this lady was on stage at a at a at a industry a Hollywood industry event where you know there's crazy security around all the celebrities. And a process server got to the stage as she was presenting something and served her papers. And they're passing this off as an actual story. And this is an example. Of, this is a lie. There's n- and I don't know the situation at all. For, for all I know, that's what could have happened. But not for a second do I believe that they would have let a process server get on stage, hand off an envelope to this woman, and then walk away. He would never get close to her. And my my opinion is that this was done by, I don't know who, I'm not accusing anyone, but this was orchestrated. He was allowed to go up on the stage because they wanted this publicity. But we're being fed a story that is so completely unbelievable. No one is getting next to this actress if they don't want him to get next to her. And if there was these court documents... They could, the, person wouldn't have, the person wouldn't have gotten on stage. He would have waited. If he could even get anywhere close to her. So again, who cares? This is their private life. I really don't care. But it's showing the depth these people will go to. And the, and the a fact that the press will help them. Now these are just actors. Imagine what they'll do for politicians. It's insane that they think we'll believe this. It's garbage. And again, I don't know the situation at all. Maybe... That's exactly how it unfolded, but I highly, highly doubt it. We're not stupid. People are listening to the Adorable Boy podcast more and more. America is getting more educated. They're learning to think for themselves, which is the goal of the Adorable Boy podcast. We're not buying this anymore. These are two kind of depressing news stories, but I see a light for us. I sure do. And the Adorable Boy podcast will be a shining beacon of truth. For all. And that is where we will end this edition of the podcast. I want to thank you from the bottom of my adorable heart for joining us. I'd love to hear from you. Get, get our social media team on Twitter at adorable podcast. Um, you can email us at Gmail. We get thousands of emails a week. Can't answer them all. You know, we answer what we can. You'll get some kind of response, be it an automated one or whatever. Uh, ador- AOL keyword adorable boy. We're on Truth Social. We're on everything. Find us, love us, enjoy us. We will see you again next week on the Adorable Boy podcast, and I can't actually—I actually can't wait for it. There's so much con- quality content. I have a whole list of stuff we can do that is all meant to entertain and educate and nurture you. So once again, thank you for joining us on the Adorable Boy podcast.